Hey guys, welcome back to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. I'm your host, Tasha Schumann, and this is the other host. <laughs> the other host? I'm just some guy, Jeff. Uh... Just some guy. <laughs> this is the MindBot Adventure Pod, as we like to call it. So every episode is a different adventure into experience, into the body, the mind, into meditation, into movement and dreams and this is actually a really exciting episode for us. It is the last episode of our very first season. So first and foremost, we want to thank you guys for supporting. This has been outrageously successful for us, this, you know, fledgling project that Jeff and I dreamed up over two years ago and, you know, is out in the wild right now. So we're super thankful for all of our listeners and we will be back in the fall. So no worries about that. We're coming back with a really exciting season full of new guests and new adventures. Um, and in the meantime, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash explorerspod. And we would love your support. This project is a labor of love and there's significant costs. We have a producer, Timmy, we love you. And all the hosting things and the mics and all the gear and stuff like that. Um, so with your support, we can continue doing it and do it even better and do it crazier and wilder and weirder. So that's patreon.com slash explorers pod and for today's last episode of the season we have a very excellent human being by the name of evian whitney who is a sexuality doula a podcast host and the author of the sensual self we get an opportunity to kind of tease apart sensuality from sexuality something that evian thinks is really important i mean it's sort of this fundamental right to pleasure to being a sensual person that is something that's so uh, just huge in our lives and that can support us in all kinds of ways. And we get into a conversation after the practice that's kind of about, well, exactly that. What is this basic right of pleasure? Um, what is the relationship between sensuality and sexuality, between sensuality and consent, questions of consent? We even got personal talking about how sex and sensuality relate to each other in a relationship and how that changes over time. So Anything else about this episode that you like, Tasha? Yeah, I just love the invitation just to stop and bask in the senses. So a lot of time when we do meditation, you know, it's like we're, we're noticing, but there's not so much an appreciation for it. We're kind of standing outside of it. And this was kind of like revel in all of the feelings of just being an embodied animal. And she has just so many cool quotes. There's one where she says, being in our pleasure in such an unpleasurable, uncensorable world to me is like an act of resistance. So that kind of summed up this whole practice for me. Totally, because everything in the world is trying to take you out of your body, is trying to uh, resist all those things. And so that's what's so empowering about coming back into relationship with it. So thanks for being with us. Here we go. Let's do, do, doodly do it. Evian, welcome to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. We are very happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So this is going to be a very interesting hour. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and the book you've just written and why and the practice you're about to guide. And then, of course, we will unpack all this more after we've done the practice. Yes. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Evian Whitney. I am a sexuality doula and a sex educator. I'm also, I like to call myself a sensualist. I'm a student of sensuality, the practice of it, the feeling of it in our bodies. And I wrote a book called Sensual Self. It is a self-guided journal that prompts you with questions and exercises to explore and express your sensuality in real time. I wrote this 
this book because I love sensuality. Sensuality was really what helped me get into a place of comfort and excitement about uh, sexuality. And I wanted to really discern sensuality from sexuality. So I really started from this place of a sex educator wanting to really get down to the root of, okay, what is sensuality? Everyone talks about it and everyone sort of melds sensuality with sexuality, but what is sensuality on its own? And so I wrote this book as a way for other people to figure out what sensuality is for them, what their unique sensual expression is, both within a sexual context, but also outside of it. Because as I've said before, sensuality has been really over-sexualized and a lot of people have sort of used sensuality interchangeably with sexuality, which isn't wrong, but with my work, I'm trying to expand the definition and make it a lot more accessible, especially for folks who, you know, might have issues with sex or just want a little bit more connection with their bodies. So yeah, my book, Sensual Self, and also my podcast is called Sensual Self as well. We dive deep into these conversations about somatic awareness coming into the body, sexual desire, identity, gender, and then all of this for me is really enmeshed with sensuality as a whole. How would you define if there is a short definition for sensuality? Sensuality is the experience of being in your body. That's how I like to see it. It is the experience of being present to all of the physical sensations and not just the physical sensations, but the emotional experiences that you're having And when we hear sensuality, we know the five senses. And so that is an aspect of it. But I like to go deeper and really have folks explore like what's coming up in the mind, what's coming up in your emotions. And also one of the big things for me around sensuality is not just like feeling into the body as like a machine, but like what are the experiences that I'm experiencing right now that feel good in my body? I feel like sensuality is a really great pathway to understanding what gives us pleasure and also the ways that we can prioritize pleasure in an everyday situation, not just when we're having sex. Wow. I can't wait to unpack some of that with you around why it matters, you know, why pleasure is important. So maybe we can save that for after our practice when we've got a bit of a taste of this sensuality thing. Yeah. So this practice that I'm going to guide you through is something that I did when I was uh, first putting out my book. I was really excited about it. And I really want for people to not just intellectualize sensuality, but to actually embody it with their own bodies. And so this practice is going to have you experiencing sensuality in real time. And you are welcome to do this sitting. You are welcome to do this lying down, whatever's comfortable for you. It shouldn't take too long, but my goal for you is to just have you drop into the moment and also pay attention with your senses. Uh, So if you're ready, I'm going to have you just get comfortable. You can close the eyes down if you'd like feeling your body making contact with whatever it's sitting on and just noticing that sensation there, what it feels like to be supported. And from here, we're just going to bring some gentle awareness 
to your breath. We're just going to notice the way we are breathing. Noticing how the breath feels as it's going in and out of our bodies. Noticing the temperature and just that sensation of breath. And from here, we're gonna bring some intention to the breath. So we're gonna take a deep breath in through the nose, filling up the low belly, just slow and gentle. And then when you're ready, exhale out the mouth with an audible sigh. And again, inhale through the nose, deep into the low belly, inflating it, expanding. And exhale out the mouth, letting it go with the sigh. Give yourself permission to vocalize whatever you need to vocalize. And maybe that's a louder sigh or a sigh of pleasure. Hmm. And just be in this space, noticing the shift perhaps Noticing what might be more accessible to you now that you have found yourself deeper into the breath and in this experience. And from here, we're going to move into some sensual awareness So with your eyes still closed, still following this thread of stillness, I want you to tune your ears to what you are hearing in this moment. What do you hear underneath the sound of my voice? What do you hear in the distance, maybe outside of the room that you're in? What do you hear close into you? Not making any meaning not trying to identify anything, just experiencing that sensation of sound. Noticing if you can find a tiny slice of pleasure in what you're hearing. And 
even if it's silence. Good. And from here, we'll move to our sense of smell. And you can take kind of a breath in, just feeling into what smells are in this room, what smells you can attune on yourself. What are you smelling in this moment? Can you pick up on any particular notes or scents? Or not? Even not smelling anything is information. And just notice it. really paying attention with that sense. Remembering to breathe. Good. Next, we're going to move into our sense of taste. And this might be a little tricky because I know we're not eating anything right now. But just notice what you might taste on your tongue in this moment. You might move the tongue around in your mouth a little bit. You might swallow. Is there anything that you are tasting in this moment? And if you're not noticing any particular tastes, just notice what it feels like to have a tongue in your mouth. Good. Now we're going to move into our sense of sight. And here I want to invite you to just gently flutter the eyes open and begin to look around the space that you are in. Noticing the colors, the shapes, the shadows. If you have a window nearby, maybe looking out the window and noticing what is happening, any movement. Just really drinking in what you are seeing. Paying attention with this sense. Again, not trying to name anything or identifying anything but just seeing if you can experience that experience of looking at something. And maybe identifying something 
that is delighting you a little bit. Beautiful. And whenever you're ready, you can close the eyes down, coming back into this place of stillness, and we're going to move into the sense of feeling. What I like about this sense is that it's so layered. It's not just about what you feel on your skin, feeling your own touch, but it's also about what you feel internally. But first we are going to practice that sensation of, of touch. So in whatever way that feels comfortable to you, maybe that is using your hands to touch your other hand or your shoulder or your face, just begin to explore that feeling of being touched by yourself. Exploring what it feels like to be touched. Noticing what you feel as you touch yourself. You can move the fingers around. Noticing the texture of your skin, the softness, the warmth. Maybe feeling into the softness of the clothes that you're wearing. What does that feel like as you explore? And whenever you're ready, you can let that go. Coming back to stillness. And we're going to explore this feeling of body aliveness. And if it's difficult for you to focus on your entire body, maybe just focusing on your pinky, on the tip of your nose, on your right forearm, just putting your intention and attention on a part of your body and noticing if you can feel the aliveness there. What sensations are you feeling in this part of your body? Maybe it's a warming, a buzzing, Maybe it's a lightness or a feeling of just being full.
What does feeling alive feel like? And we're going to move into one more feeling sensation. And that's feeling into what's happening into us internally. Our bodies are constantly moving and talking and feeling. What sort of inner movement are you noticing in your body? Things like a gurgling stomach, your heartbeat, the rhythm of your breathing, maybe a gentle wobble if you were sitting down, just feeling your body swaying just a little bit. What are you feeling internally? Next, we are going to move into the emotional body. What emotions are coming up for you in this moment. What emotions are at play in the background? You're often feeling so many things all at the same time. And can you pinpoint just a couple of emotions or feelings that are here with you right now. And just greeting these emotions, saying hello, giving them acknowledgement. And finally, we're going to move into our pleasure body. That part of us that is always hunting for something to make us feel good and safe. What is giving you pleasure in this moment? Maybe it's the sensation of being held by the chair that you're sitting on. That sensation of safety and groundedness. Maybe it's the temperature in this room. It's gently kissing the tops of your skin.
Maybe it's your feet on the ground or the softness of your clothing. Just identify one thing in this moment that is making you feel good, comfortable, easeful. And breathe into that sensation. As we come to a close with this meditation, I just want to bring your focus and intention on the way that your body feels in this moment. Maybe you feel more connected. Maybe you feel more present. The sensation that you are feeling is sensuality. What is it like for you to feel and to your sensual self. And take a deep breath in and feel into that, expanding. And exhale out the mouth. And whenever you're ready, you can flutter the eyes open come back to presence and I want to check in with y'all how are you feeling (laughs) I feel tingly my whole body feels very alive Jeff do you want to report first yeah thank you for that um okay um well Okay. <laughs> so that pretty much sums it up. Uh, that was very grounding, very uh, embodying, and um, really, you know, a lot of this for me is just this deep pleasure of sitting here being an animal body, mm. this animal breathing body. And there's no, I just sort of, it's like I drain right out of my head and there's still maybe thoughts flitting by, but I'm just feeling the body and just enjoying the simple pleasure of that and really could stay there, especially with your support. I felt like I could stay there a long time. Although I will say the one twinge of something that came up, and I'm sure this comes up all the time. I know it has to do with our weird cultural relationship to pleasure. You know, when you asked about the emotions, it's like, what was there? Well, There was enjoyment, there was peace. And then there was this weird twinge of guilt of like, am I allowed to enjoy this pleasure? Like there's something a bit gratuitous about that. And and as a meditation teacher, I am always encouraging people to try to connect to pleasure. But I realize that's very much flying in the face of what people have heard as, you know, you're supposed to just cultivate neutrality. And, you know, if pleasure's there, great. If, If discomfort's there, great. But it's like, we're just in this sort of neutral, insighty place. 
as opposed to a place of active enjoyment of what's here, which is a little different. And now not all traditions have that. Some traditions do like you go into that, but I really appreciate it. And I, this must be something that you come up against all the time. The, are we allowed to go into pleasure or enjoyment? And so yeah. understanding of that and what people's hangups are there and how it, why it's important would be a cool thing to explore. Yeah. Pleasure is a lofty word. I'm even shy to use that word in, in settings like these because I know that it can bring up a lot for people. I think there's a difference between like if I were to tell you to feel good in this moment or to feel into like what is making your body soften, that feels a little different than like what is giving you pleasure. There's something about the word I think it comes with a lot of negative connotations. And I've heard from folks in in my work and the clients that I've had that they have been given this message of like, you have to abstain from pleasure. Like that's the ultimate sort of, for lack of a better word, enlightenment. If you can like not attach to earthly pleasures, earthly desires, you have hit some sort of peak of, of excellence. And so we have, I think in our culture, this idea of abstinence and abstaining as being the holiest thing you can do or the most responsible thing that you can do. Or even like the purest thing that you could do, right? Like, like that virginal <laughs> untouchedness or something. Yes. And if, and if you can do that, it's not just that you are a better person. It also means that you are being more productive. You know, I've heard from folks in my work that like, oh yeah, my relationship to pleasure is good, but only if it's attached to productivity. Like, after I've worked a grueling 12 hours, I can allow myself to have a bite of this cupcake that I've been craving all day. So I get it. You know, it's very entrenched. And I mean, let's not even talk about how pleasure is also <laughs> linked to sexuality. We live in a culture that is very sex obsessed, but is also very sexually negative. And so there's a lot of heaviness that comes with the word pleasure. And it's it makes sense that guilt would come up for you. I think guilt comes up for a lot of folks when we're exploring pleasure. And from that place, I just want to be like, okay, cool. Guilt is here. Can the guilt experience a little pleasure too? <laughs> <laughs> pleasure being guilty. Yeah. Like, and, and also too, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's because so much of my politic as a queer, black, non-binary person in this really messed up world that we live in. There's so many things in this world that are constantly trying to rob me of my joy and rob me of my ability to feel good and safe in my own body, in my home, in all the identities that I occupy. And so there's something very radical about pleasure for me mm -hmm. that when I feel that guilt come up, I have almost given it a voice of like, that is the voice of my oppressor telling mm -hmm. me that I am not allowed to experience mm -hmm. pleasure, joy, ease, softness, safety. And so my job is to not demonize that voice or not try to like, oh, I can't feel that, but just be like, okay, I acknowledge that. I acknowledge the guilt. I acknowledge that this pleasure that I'm experiencing is not happening in a vacuum. And I have been conditioned through many, many avenues to view pleasure as something that I shouldn't do or something that I shouldn't seek or something that I should try to rise above. And also, I want to feel good in my body. I love this sensation of being in my body. 
And it is to me a radical act of, of coming home to myself in the face of, of so much atrocity <laughs> um, and so many voices that are telling me not to. So for me, the way that I sort of parse that out is like I hear the guilt and I'm like, that is not the way that I want to experience pleasure. And also it is a radical act for me to be in my pleasure. So I'm going to keep moving in this direction. I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but um, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of <laughs> the time. balm that I give folks. Yeah. For me, I love this practice because I think one thing that I realized while going through the senses, and it's it's something that I've done before, but the difference I think this time was I totally pulled back from any kind of goal orientation. Like I'm generally a very goal-oriented person. Like even in my meditation, I'm like, you know, I'm going to sit here and do the thing that I came to do and I'm going to evaluate how it went. And even when I try not to do that, it's just kind of that's my conditioning is, you know, what are we here for kind of a thing. And I realize that for myself that that impulse is the thing that robs me of pleasure because the sensuality is like the world is coming to meet you. It's like, you know, I was looking out the window when when, you, when we were on the visual and just looking at everything. I'm looking around at the colors. I have a very colorful studio. And a lot of the times when we're engaging with sight, it's action oriented. It's like I'm looking for the pen or I'm looking for my headphones or the phone or something. And so you're so goal oriented in that space that you're not letting everything come and rise to meet you, you know. And so in this meditation, I was just, like you said, drinking it all in. And that's where I'm meeting all of the pleasure. Like it's there all of the time. It's always rising to meet me, but I'm always like pinpoint zoomed in on whatever I'm trying to accomplish and completely missing the sensuality and the, and the pleasure in it. So I was just kind of floating in pleasure zone, you know, and one thing that was really poignant for me too, is when we were going through the body and, you know, and you said you can pick a spot in the body, your finger or your forearm and to feel into the aliveness. and. I kind of realized that wherever my attention dropped, whatever point on my body, there was like this tingling aliveness. So it was like Mm. my attention meeting stimulation was in itself pleasure. Like anywhere that I drop my attention and just let it be, there is sensuality and there is pleasure if I'll just leave it alone, (laughs) if I can just not fiddle with it. So it was really, really beautiful in that way to me, just the simplicity, how simple it is. I mean, simple, not easy. You know, it's just the simplicity of dropping in and stopping. That was really it for me. Mm, I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, my main goal with with teaching and talking about sensuality is that accessibility. I think for a lot of us, we've been taught that sensuality lives in a thing. It's like, first of all, that sensuality is sexualized. So it's in lingerie or it's in chocolates, chocolates. And <laughs> yes exactly exactly um and I mean listen I I love a good bubble bath I love some good chocolates and I think that those can be really beautiful tools to help us come into our body and, and experience pleasure but I don't believe that sensuality lives in those things I think that sensuality is in us and it is our job to seek it out it's our job to slow down and pause and savor exactly what we did in this practice today and so that's why I I view sensuality not as a fleeting moment that happens randomly but a practice that we cultivate like what does it look like for me to 
feel this experience or, or feel this feeling of connection and closeness with self and being immersed in the world around me and also the pleasure that I'm experiencing most of the time rather than it being like, oh, I'm go- I've am i got these chocolates, I'm going to eat them and they're gone and now I'm going to move on with yeah. my day. You know what I mean? Like, what does it look like, you know? Yeah. It made me, you know, like you were saying, sensuality is not sexuality, but it is kind of like a gateway or like on a continuum towards it if you want to follow that road down. And it made me think that that is a big barrier as well in sexuality is that this goal-orientedness of the like, got to get somewhere, got to get the orgasm, got to be the best or whatever it is. And you're robbing yourself of sensuality and connection in the act of sex. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the continuum of sensuality to sexuality. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I say a lot is that we can't have the best sex of our lives if we're not in our sensual selves. You know, when I think about some of the best sex that I've ever had, it's when I am connected to my breath and my body, when I am feeling into every sensation that my body is experiencing, when I'm really present and in the moment with my partner or with myself. Those things can only happen if we are fully in our bodies. And there is a lot of reason why we aren't in our bodies. I mean, we can talk a lot about, especially in the sexual realm, you know, talking about trauma that we've experienced or shame around sex that keeps us from really feeling into the pleasure of our of our sexual experiences. So this is one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of sensuality, because I feel that if we are familiarizing ourselves with what it feels like to be turned on in the sense of like my body is online, I feel connected and alive and tingly. Like I know what that feels like in the platonic sense. I'll sort of have something to compare it to when I come into the sexual sense. Yeah. So it's not like crossing this huge gulf. Exactly. Like totally dry and not getting any kind of stimulation at yeah. all to like hop in the sack. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And this seems to me incredibly important to also understand issues of consent, that if you know mm. what you like, then you can be clear about what you don't like. And it's hard to be clear about what you don't like when you don't know what you like, when you haven't been educated to get in touch with your inner world, with understanding yourself as a sensual creature, as you say it. You know, this is my wife is a sex educator and she writes a lot about this subject. And it's I think that's one of her big points is that it's it's actually understanding pleasure is central to, to this larger conversation around consent. And it's also a way into healing a lot of the yes. trauma that can happen. And, you know, she in fact, there's a lot of really interesting cutting edge research out there using mindfulness as a way to kind of exactly what you're talking about, to sort of get in touch with your sensual self first as a way to begin to heal some of the things that may have happened to us historically. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I can speak for myself personally, it's really tempting to try to fix or diagnose something from the intellectual space. Like, I have sexual shame. Let me read a book about sexual shame. (laughs) Uh, That feels a lot easier than tuning into the body and like, I feel sexual shame. What am I ashamed of? You know, and, and where do I feel that shame in my body? That's something that I see a lot actually in my work where people will be like, I have sexual shame. And I'm like, okay, but what are you ashamed of? Like, have you actually pieced apart this shame? I think a lot of us are walking around with it as like a notion, but we haven't actually taken the time to really sit and think about like, what am I ashamed of? How does that show up in my body? What is that 
physical sensation of shame feel like? And a lot of that information can help us to maybe not get rid of it, but at least understand it so that we can really begin to work with it and heal it. Very interesting. I thought maybe I'd share an anecdote because I'm curious about your thoughts on it because I think it's been, okay, where do I start? You know, this whole thing of even talking about sexuality, it can be very triggering for people. And I think understanding it within the larger envelope of sensuality is extremely important and healing. And it's a way to also hold and understand our own changing relationship to sexuality as we get older. So just to speak personally, there is a difference between the way my wife and I approach sex and sexuality now than we did eight years ago when we were first courting each other and we were in the first blush of romantic excitability. And it (laughs) seems like sex in those first few years was very, the way I would describe it, it was very sympathetic as opposed to parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. It was charged and exciting. There was lots of mind and it was a lot of energy in it. And it was very, you know, the classic thing you imagine, like in the Hollywood movies, you just want to like, you know, just get it on together. And then as the years passed and we had a child and we're having another one, things shifted. And it's not that there isn't still that that quality, but I would describe sex became more parasympathetic. It became more about often entering into a sexual thing without sex being there, like sex, the classic sex. It was just more like sitting next to each other and and kind of exploring and being sensual bodies together, being sensual. And then from that, organically, a kind of desire would emerge. It was more responsive to that desire. And that was something that you know, I have to be honest, I was afraid, like in every other relationship I ever had before my wife, and it's only because she's so awesome. I got to the point of like the three-year mark and I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, sex, sex seems to be changing a little <laughs> bit. Uh, something's wrong with me. I'm not as a, I don't want to rip off the person's clothes the way I used to. I got to get out of here. And then it's like, break up. Uh, dude, you know, what a nightmare. And it's like, and now, and being able to like actually go through this transformation of being more uh, of this different kind of sexual creature, this more sensual creature has been everything. And it's been such mm. a wonderful journey of discovery and learning about yourself and your body. And it, it's exactly what Tash said. It's not all that goal-oriented stuff off the top. It's very different. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was a lot, but I thought I'd hear your thoughts on that. I have the exact same experience. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do. And I think I I can relate to that freak out. I've been with my partner for 15 years and the ways that our sexuality and our relationship has changed in that time. I'm so grateful that I'm a sex educator because I think if I didn't have this background, I would have been like, oh my God, there's something wrong with (laughs) us. You know, I mean, we, as a culture, we put sex at the center of a relationship and we sort of use sex as sort of the litmus test of like, is the relationship doing good, it depends on how much sex we're having or how how much desire or passion is, is in a relationship. And again, I don't think that that's wrong, but I think that we put a lot of importance on the passion and ripping each other's clothes off. And and I know that our culture really reinforces that too. I'm thinking about Cosmo magazine and and how, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, we're always Ten told ways to, to turn like, them on. Right. Like 10 ways to introduce new orgasms into like we're so, I think a lot of us think that sex is supposed to be one way all of the time. And if we deviate from that, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong with us. We need medication. There's something wrong with our partner. (laughs) We might need to break up with them. 
But in my work, as I've been exploring sensuality, both professionally and personally, I've noticed that there is something really beautiful that happens when I allow my sexuality to be as fluid as I possibly can and to not really, and, and to even like define sex as not just being like penis, vagina, orgasm, penetration, you know, when we think about sensuality, I don't know. Like I, we, we actually had a moment, me and my husband yesterday where we were just like looking into each other's eyes. And this is so corny. Like 20 year old me would be like, Oh my God, really? (laughs) You're saying gazing into your partner's eyes is like sex. But seriously, if you do something with enough intention and you are fully present in your body and you're able to be fully awake and aware to this moment that you're sharing with your partner, is that not sex? You know, like is, is sex not that experience of having your whole body lit up in presence by the partner Mm. that you're sharing Mm -hmm. or by, by yourself, if you're by yourself? It's not just even beyond just you and your partner. I mean, this is to really embrace the sort Mm -hmm. of widest possible sense of sensuality and I guess sexuality within that, it's also our own body's relationship to nature and the natural world around us. Yeah. It allows us to experience, I think, a deeper depth of what we can possibly feel and experience in a sexual experience. Like it's not just about the orgasm. Like when we invite sensuality in and we are fully engaged in each of our senses and we're fully present in this moment, we can feel into so much pleasure. But again, we have to give ourselves time to do that. And we also need to like silence the part of our brain that tells us like, no, 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 sex is in this binary. It's black or white. It's it's this or that. Um, what does it look like to have sexuality or the experience of pleasure be much more fluid, you know? And I've been having fun with that. It's also based in such a different emotional zone too. Like that fiery want to rip your clothes off sex has also quite a lot of anxiety in it. You know, it's like, <laughs> like Jeff, like you said, like it's like, you know, sympathetic nervous system. It's almost like, uh, like it, you're afraid of losing it and you're yeah. like, like fingers the urgency. Are in it and the urgency. Mm. Yeah. And it, it's fun, but there is this quality of not being comfortable in it either, you know? And then the other version that we're talking about really has this groundedness, like this coming home feeling, like where the 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 sensuality can really ripple through the whole body and stay for a while, you know, rather mm-hmm. than being so like frantic. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And maybe the last question I want to ask you, after having everything we've said here, why does pleasure matter? Why is pleasure important? To me... I feel like pleasure is is the reason, it's the point, it's the purpose for us to be alive in our bodies. I can't, and it's, I don't know if it's just because I've been doing this work for so long and um, I, I'm sort of used to this as a framework, but like when, (laughs) whenever someone asks me this question, I'm like, why not? Like, why, (laughs) why not have pleasure be important? I mean, I just, I can't, I can't think of any other way to, to live, you know? I mean, what is, what is the purpose of, of, of living if it's not to the fullest experience and spectrum of, of how you can feel, you know, and, and how you can be in this soft animal that is your body. Um, 
And again, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about how there's so many things happening in our world that is trying to take us out of our body and out of our pleasure and distract us from being um, and disconnect us from ourselves. Being in our pleasure in such an unpleasurable, unsensual world to me is an act of resistance. And I, I do it not just for myself, but for all the folks that uh, have come before me who are not able to have the same sort of body agency or um, autonomy through the pleasure that I experience, I am honoring them as well. So I, I really see pleasure as not just like a frivolous thing that, you know, for me, it's, it's deeply spiritual and it's a huge part of life. Why not? Why not? Beautiful. <laughs> and as you say, it's not just an act of resistance. It's an, a resourcing that then allows you to show up in the ways you need in the world to, That's to, right. So it, it is is directly related to making change in the world in a sense, our capacity to find rest and to get resourced. And that is what allows us to sustain the work we need to do. Yeah, it's like it's really permission giving, right? You're giving permission to your own body to be here and just feel. And then by extension, you're giving in this situation, you're giving permission to Jeff and I to feel and to our listeners to feel. It just kind of ripples out in this space making kind of way. That's right. When we feel good, we do good, you know? So, <laughs> nice. feel good. <laughs> Evian, what a pleasure. A pleasure Thank was you. having you on this podcast. What a pleasure. <laughs> I love that. Before we go, can you let our listeners know how they can work with you or practice with you, learn more, all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, best way to practice with me is by getting my book, um, Sensual Self. It's a permission slip for folks to come into their pleasure and come into their body and explore all of the nuances of the sensations that they can feel. And if you want to hear more from me and my voice, you can listen to my podcast. It's also called Sensual Self. And you can go to my website, evianwhitney.com, for more information about who I am, what I do, um, and other places to find me on the internet. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for practicing with me today. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like this episode, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. See you next week for a whole new adventure.